0: Output transcript Out on the step, goes right through, puts on the step again. Oh, go no, Freddy, that was magnificent stuff. Well, I shall not believe really them. Marshall skips away, Marshall skips away, Marshall's still going. Mullins opens up again. Oh, what can he go?
1: He beats O'David on the outside.
2: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Voluntary Tackle. The only NRL podcast prepared to force Todd Greenberg to do some brownface and play Mahatma Gandhi in an amateur biopic. I'm your host Amon Brown, and today on the show we'll be giving our scattershot take on how teams will fare in 2021. And with me to discuss all of our shit takes are Xander Rosato and Media Watch Mario. Welcome, lads.
1: Good to be here, mate. Two weeks in a row. I think that's what we call consistency. So it's like the uh, the New South Wales Blues' um, string of victories in Origin recently. Yeah, that's right. We won two series in a
2: row before uh, we got defeated resoundly by Anastasia Palaszczuk last year, which was really upsetting. Who knew she'd make such a good lock forward? Mario, how's your week been, Nate?
0: Mine has just been it's just as usual self. Just you know, watching basketball, a little bit of work. That's about it.
2: Yep, yeah, fair enough. Uh, listeners, we are planning to do. Uh, something fairly ambitious here today. We're going to try to review uh, all 16 teams in one show, which I think gives us—I've done the maths on this—about 41 seconds per team. If we want to go to bed at a reasonable hour, are we confident in that?
1: Yeah, I think we're just going to have to keep it fairly, fairly short—30 seconds aside or something like that. I mean, it should be pretty straightforward. You know, they suck. They're not too bad. <laughs> yes, it's some, our usual
2: astute judgments. Look, um, before we start, guys, you know this. I don't just like to talk about rugby league. I needed to draw this to everyone's attention. Did you all know that it's actually International Tooth Fairy Day today? Uh, And I want to know from you directly, how have you celebrated this momentous occasion?
1: I haven't. (laughs) Not going to lie, I didn't know it was International Tooth Fairy Day. And, And to be honest, I don't know what I would do to celebrate that particular holiday. I mean, apart from maybe perform dental surgery on on a neighbour who was making too much noise. Mm. Couldn't you just rip out a molar and give it to a kid who needs it? (laughs) Or maybe rip out a kid's molar and tell him to hide it under his bed. Yeah, I think
2: Michael Jackson (laughs) used to do that. Um, It was one of his kinks, one of his many kinks. Mario, why would we need a Tooth Fairy Day? Why do we need to raise awareness for a fictitious character who breaks into people's houses and steals children's teeth from under their pillow?
0: To be fair, that character does pay, you know, a fair bit more than that tooth is really worth. So if you think about it in theory, I actually celebrated the day quite specifically by um, watching a movie where fairies were getting murdered en masse
1: fantastic what what movie was that just out of curiosity was that fern gully
0: No, that would be the classic movie the labyrinth i was showing it to my daughter and quite early in the movie this character called hoggle i think it was is going around spraying fairies that when you're trying to save them are busy biting you so turns out that fairies you know that they want they're stealing the teeth so they can go around biting humans
2: yeah mate i have to admit my childhood was scarred by watching that movie and uh david bowie actually plays the the main antagonist in that one he's some sort of psychological maniac who goes around singing some bloody good hits
0: indeed and my daughter seemed to enjoy it I'm not sure she understood what was going on the whole time but you know we'll wait and see if she wants to watch it again
2: I knew I tell you what Jennifer Connolly one of my early crushes I, I I weirdly had crushes on women from a, an oddly early age I'm talking four five six which I think's really weird I don't even you didn't even understand what the sexual feeling was you just go I like staring at that. And uh, Jennifer Connolly. to this day, I like staring at her.
0: I remember having a crush on any girl that would look at me when I was that age. But as you said, I had no idea why I felt that way. So, absolutely.
2: And the drawback there, obviously, Mario, is that you lived alone with your sister. So it got really weird. Um, But look, we're going to actually start reviewing the teams, guys, before we completely run out of time tonight. And uh, what I thought we might do is actually go through our placings of 1 to 16. We've all put together a ladder. We don't know what each other has chosen. And we're going to start with mine, and I'm going to go from 1st down to 16. And uh, we'll have a bit of a chat about that team's chances and also find out where you guys have placed this team. Now, uh, as much as it pains me, and everyone knows I'm a Died in the Wool Roosters fan, uh, 1st on the ladder for 2021, I haven't got the Mighty Roosters there. I just couldn't do it. Uh, I've got to choose with my head, And not my heart today. I remember in 2019, I chose with my penis, which was much weirder. Uh, Although I did get a big multi that year. First place for me, minor premiers, the Melbourne Storm. Where did you guys have the Melbourne Storm?
1: As much as I wanted to put the roosters first, uh, I I couldn't go past Melbourne. You know, they really haven't lost all that much in the way of talent. You know... the, the positions that they've had to re, uh, replace for, or they're just so well stocked at. They're such a clinical machine, and through the season, there are just very few other sides that are able to manage that level of consistency. So,
2: so we've both got the minor premiers. Mario, where have you got the Storm? And I know you're a massive fan.
0: As the massive Melbourne Storm fan that I am, I'm going to point out that I also did this ladder before any injuries happened this weekend, but I'm going to stick with it regardless. Uh, Melbourne Storm in first place, finishing on 38 points. My
2: God, so all of us, and listeners, this isn't a rigged job. Uh, We didn't know what each other was going to choose. We've all chosen the Melbourne Storm as minor premiers. Look, to give my two cents, uh, for me, they're just one of these teams that I don't think is going to go backwards. They are the reigning premiers, and I actually think they have the capacity to get better, which is quite scary. Harry Grant uh, replacing Cameron Smith, uh, who's, by the way, out for a month. He's hurt himself in the trial match, which will be a bit of a blow to this prediction, but... Yeah, I mean, the likes of Pappenhausen, who's only going to get better in my view, Harry Grant early in his career and he's already carving. Um, They've got that spine covered already. Munster's probably the best, one of the best playmakers in the game. And and you know the guy who really surprised me last year was Jerome Hughes, who I, I guess started out the season berating quite heavily. I'm not sure if everyone remembers that. I said he wasn't a halfback shoelace, which is a weird 1950s expression. I shouldn't have said it for a start, but my God, he's developed in the number seven jersey, and his kicking game is second
1: to none. We, we should have seen that coming in a lot of ways because Melbourne have got a history of, of turning players who don't look like they belong in a seven mm. and making them incredibly good sevens. So. It's amazing.
0: Brody Croft says hi. Brody Croft, yeah, but he did
1: say hi from the Broncos. That is true,
2: although um, that was one of my worst predictions last year. Brody Croft will have a big season. Um, but I never said it what. <laughs> um, he, he was prolific at watching Married at First Sight Not He wasn't good at Rugby League, obviously What other factors have you got here, guys For why the Melbourne Storm can go back-to-back back this year? They'll probably be less restricted on the travel front As things return to normal Well, that's the other part, right? You know, They'll actually have a home ground yeah. So they actually won last year under some kind of duress Yes yeah. uh, I, On the downside, they, they haven't got Vunavalu anymore Who I thought had a stellar year And I no offence to him But I don't think Remus Smith is really going to fill his boots in quite the same way they've also got no big Tino who's gone up to the Gold Coast Titans so they'll lose some muscle there but most importantly Mario they've still got bellyache because as we know he just creates a system where everyone carves right
0: yeah pretty much and yeah they've lost a few players but they always find more as we've said so you know we've just spent about six minutes I think on one team already so this is going well
1: yeah, I sense we may need to split this into two weeks, but let's look, see. we'll see how we go. Yeah. Uh, look,
2: in second place, I have the mighty Roosters. Uh, where did you guys have the Roosters?
0: Um, I've got, I've got the Roosters. You're not going to like this. Down in sixth place, finishing on thirty-one points. It's
1: got them falling there, Xander. Where have you got them? I've got us at second as well. Um, you know, the the trials so far have uh, restored my faith in, um, or or reinforced my faith that. Robinson knows what he's doing and and has made the has actually pulled the right rein on the um uh, on the 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 halves uh, contract last year. I mean, I was really impressed with Lachlan Lamb in that uh, trial against uh, the Raiders yesterday, mm. um, and uh, that they just they just looked to be humming already, even though it's the trials and they'd had players coming back to back. I think that people are going to underestimate us, but I think they're actually going to be real contenders this year. I
2: mean, I have to admit, I, I kind of see 2021 as a bit of a five-horse race, which we'll get to, but I, I had some reservations about this year's roster and whether or not we could actually improve, and, and it was a very disappointing end to last year, considering, you know, we were looking red-hot for most of it and fell away quite badly out in straight sets, which isn't the sort of typical Roosters style under under Coach Trent Robinson. But I, I'm with you, Xander. I love that trial, and I know you can only take so much currency from a trial, but the combinations there... From, we seem to have gone from a bit of a hedge when it comes to the halfback stake. So we've got no Kyle Flanagan. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what's happened there. Something odd about him leaving because I thought he was playing perfectly well for a young kid. But we've gone with sort of a, a combination of uh, Sam Walker, who's untested at first grade, but it definitely shows a lot of promise. And you've got Lachlan Lamb, who I thought had a, a couple of games last year and played really well. And then we've got that guy from New Zealand who actually came on yesterday as well and and played quite well at Hooker, so he, they look like he might be a potential number nine replacement. Here he's still going to be the guy running the show. Mm. Um, it, it Actually, the combinations look pretty good to me, but I, I want to get to Mario, because Xander, he's got us dropping to sixth out of the top four. It seems outrageous, but we'll hear you out.
0: I actually wouldn't be surprised to see the Roosters make the grand final. I ha- simply think you've got Radley and Verrells coming back from long-term injuries. You've got Cordner that may or may not even play a- another game in his career. I just think, and you've got brand new halves uh, coming through. I think there's a lot of there's going to be a bit of um, teething to go through for you guys to get yourself back in order. I think you probably will get it back in order by the end of the season. It's just going to cost you a few games early on.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's some logic to that. I will say this. We've got the X factor. We don't know if Suwali at some stage is going to come into the team. I assume he will. Um, in the, Going on that trial and I guess some of the back-end games of last year, it just cements in my mind how good the Morris twins are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brett Morris, I'm not sure if anyone had seen the trial or not, but there was a point where Jordan Rapana, who, by the <laughs> way, looks a hell of a lot fitter this year yeah. because he's always carrying injuries, Stepped a few people, put a big don't argue on Manu and and made a break down the field. He had a 15-metre head start on Brett Morris. Morris
1: bloody caught him. I couldn't believe it. Caught him
2: within about 30 or 40 metres and crunched him. So, at what are they, 35 now? (laughs) I know. know, He has no right to be that fast still. Yeah. So, anyway. Can
0: I just say something about Joey Manu? I noticed in the Indigenous versus Maori game that he seemed really slow. He was still strong, but a couple of times he had some space and it looked like he was running through mud.
2: Yeah, I tell you, Manu is supremely talented. And, uh, you know, for most of the time, I think he plays great footy, but he definitely has games where he does look
1: a bit stuck in the mud and he he kind of looks a bit um,
2: subdued, Xander. Would you
1: agree with that? I I mean, you know, I I haven't really uh, noticed that I, i the, uh, the uh, Indigenous All Stars game I actually missed, as we discussed earlier. Yeah. Uh, but you know, because we're a dedicated rugby league podcast, yeah, no, I, I completely forgot it was on somehow. But no, I mean, I, I, I generally speaking, his uh, his athleticism and, and his agility, you know, so much class. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy I've seen him make incredible breaks as well. Maybe mm. he's just having a slow start to the year. He's still working off some of that Christmas. It's a bit of a, yeah. a bit
2: of a rumor that uh, Manu wants to play in the number one. He has ambitions to play in the number oh, one. He's, he's
1: filled. Uh, number one, versus yeah, exactly. And he's been bloody good there.
2: So, I'll just throw this one at you as a bit of a curveball, Xander. Can you see a switch from Teddy to six and Manu to one at any stage? No.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just you know, I'm I glad you thought about it anyway. You know, I mean, Sawali's so being groomed as the the switch to one eventually. I mean, if Teddy goes to six, maybe. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he he puts in uh, some some deaf little kicks in attack, um, mm. uh, Teddy, um, when he's uh, when he's been given the freedom to do it. But yeah. I, I think that's a longer-term prospect. I don't know if that's... Yeah, Yeah,
2: it might be a bit of a furphy. Uh, but for, for the record, I think Luke Keery is flipping to seven this season, which will be interesting in itself. And uh, everyone, have a bit of a watch out for Angus Crichton because he had an enormous trial. And in the back end of last year, he was sensational. But as you said, Mario, before, we are lagging in time. We're going to go to my third-place prediction which is the Canberra Raiders? Look, for me, they were amazing at, at the back end of last year, considering uh, the duress that they were under, particularly the loss of some major talent in in Hodgson. Um, they're, they're missing Bateman this year, but Hudson Young ready to step up. I, I still see them as a major threat. Where do you guys see them?
1: Yeah, I, I had them as third uh, as well. I was actually quite impressed with them in the trial against us. Um, Ryan James was really impressive, I thought, for mm-hmm. them. You know, like they, they were. Their, their forward pack was, was as dominant and as, and as hard to sort of bring down as it was at the back end of last year, I thought. And yep. it was just even even probably even more impressive for the fact that it was a trial. Yeah, This um, is like Ryan James' redemption year, right? Because he didn't get cut from the
2: Titans because he wasn't talented. He got cut from there because he kept getting injured. And eventually they, they kind of lost faith in his body. And he's been thrown mm-hmm. a lifeline down at the Raiders. I, I, from what I understand, he's had a massive preseason. So if they can get if they can actually get the real Ryan James, that almost sounds a bit like an Eminem hit. But, yes, um, then he could have a, a whopper of a year. But I think as everyone has just sort of got their fingers crossed, his body could stay together.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, their forwards have always been re- really, uh, you know, really hard to contain. But it, again, I think also they've got another year with with combinations in the halves as well, with with Whiten and uh, Williams mm. having had a, a really good year together last year, and that that'll only get better, I think. Mario,
2: big question mark for me, the Raiders though, uh, is the centre pairing. Not, I've never been a big fan of Curtis Scott and I've got a guy called Tomoko who I don't really know much about. Do you think that could be a potential weakness in the green machine?
0: Well, let's hope so.
2: Can I ask this, Mario? Is there a team outside of Manly that you do like?
0: I like any team that's playing the Storm.
2: Okay, that's right. He has explained that before, Xander, which is a, an unusual system. Now, this might sound weird coming from a Roosters fan, but in fourth spot, I can't leave them out because they are looking a little bit delectable at the moment, and that is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I think they're going to be a major threat. From what I can tell, uh, you know, in the preseason, Cody Walker's combinations with his outside backs hasn't gone anywhere. I was kind of hoping Cody Walker's confidence would leave him because that can actually happen from time to time. So I've got them in fourth spot. Where
0: have you guys got him? Um, Well, I've got the Raiders. I've got the Raiders, since you didn't ask, uh, in fourth, finishing on 32 points.
2: Didn't I ask you? (laughs) No. (laughs) Mate, who needs your opinion? Anyway, sorry about that, mate.
0: I've got South finishing just behind the Storm on four and against on 38 points. So second. Yep.
2: That's scintillating, mate. I love that. (laughs) So why do we think they're going to go well this year?
0: I think that their window is right there. They've got Latrell hopefully for a full season after he was absolutely killing it last year. I just see no reason for them not to get that little bit better with Jai Arrow coming as well. He just rounds out that forward pack quite nicely and I think they've got the squad that should be consistent enough to be winning games all season and just get them past that that hurdle they've sort of struggled to get through of, you know, making the prelim and then getting palmed in the face by Josh Papali.
2: I mean, it's a pretty imp- impressive comeback for Latrell Mitchell, isn't it, Xander? Because he had his muscle effectively ripped off the bone last year. And hes I mean, I think most people thought he probably wouldn't return uh, maybe until week four or five. He was back for the Indigenous All-Stars game and he doesn't seem too incumbent.
1: It was pretty impressive in that uh, that, that trial against um, uh, St. George. Oh, yeah, the Charity Shield mm. trial. Um, the Charity Shield against St. George yesterday. Um, mind you, they all were. They scored nine tries.
2: Yeah. Effectively pl- uh, lined up against 17 training bags, yeah. though, didn't they? It's, St. George looked terrible
1: this year. That, that, is, that is the question mark I, I have. You said, you know, St. George, I, I've got them very low like <laughs> this yep. year so it's kind of hard uh to, to really gauge how, how good they are i mean they're going to play the storm in the first round so i think that'll be a better barometer of you know where yeah. they're at you know I, I still have sort of some questions about um uh whether or not they'll go the distance I, the, last year when they did miss a couple of players here and there you know they did struggle to fill those gaps when latrell went down they had cory allen who did a pretty decent yeah, job yeah no cory allen was 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 good there but you know he was nothing like uh, what Latrell was becoming. No, that's right. And, and uh, he's gone now anyway. I mean, yes. He's gone to the dogs, I believe. Yeah, no, he's yes, he too. So, no, I mean, I think they're going to be up there. I think they, they, they could absolutely be top four. Uh, I just I just have question marks about what happens, you know, to their depth. And, and the fact that, like, they brought Benji Marshall in. If if anything happens to their halves, I kind of worry if he's the backup. Well, you know, it's funny. The Benji Marshall's
2: an interesting piece of the South Puzzle this year, isn't it? Because he's played with, under Wayne before. Mm. He was sort of part of... Uh, the Benji comeback story in NRL. And he, he played a role off the bench for the Broncos that was really successful. I think this is going back about five-odd years from memory. Hmm. And, yeah, he'd come on and sort of game-managed the back end like the last 20 minutes, and he, he did that really effectively. And I'm wondering if uh, Wayne might have similar ideas of using him that way again, Mario.
0: Just on South struggling without um, Latrell, did they not beat the Roosters by about four thousand points without Latrell?
2: I think Mario had that stored up for a while. It didn't matter what you said yeah. then, then; he was just ready to load that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was I, I couldn't let that one slide. Sorry. No, fair
2: enough. They too. did lose
1: to the Dogs though.
2: Cameron Murray, my only last little point on Souths. I think he's too small to play in the middle. They're going to move him back to the edge. I'm a big fan of Cameron Murray, but he is he's not a uh, he's quite diminutive. Fifth place. I've got the Penrith Panthers falling uh, a little bit this year. I just don't know if this batch of young guys are going to be able to measure up against the weight of expectation that they're going to have in 2021. In 2020, they had no expectation whatsoever, so much so that I didn't even have them in my top eight from memory. And then obviously they went on a massive run, an amazing season, fell at the last hurdle. I, I think that there are other teams are going to be lining up against them this year. How does everyone else see that?
1: I had them at fourth. I think they're going to they're going to drop a bit as well. Um, they do lose uh, Tedovano, uh, Waitenisalezniak, Tamau. so they're going to they're going to lack a little bit, and their gains haven't been that great. Um, but I, I do think that the the core group of players that made them so successful last year, they've still got um, Coruscant, Cleary, and, and Luai, you know, in their spine, and I think I think that is probably still one of the most dynamic combinations going mm-hmm. around. Do you think there's something in this
2: psychologically? It, I felt like because they have been this group of young guys that have virtually played together for all of their junior footy and they've won comp after comp after comp. And then they all came into first grade kind of at once. I mean, I know Cleary's been there for a little while, but sort of a, a lot of these other guys coming through. And once they get on, they got on that run, they, they kind of didn't know what losing felt like. And then in the grand final, they got schooled by a very experienced uh, Boeing constrictor type team in the Melbourne Storm and I wonder if that's something that might be
1: nagging in the back of their minds this year, that, oh, we actually are fallible. Uh, I, I mean, that was Phil Gould's narrative. I don't really buy it. Um, you know, when when you look through that that sort of, uh, you know, team, there were there pl- there were there were plenty of players who had lost grand finals uh, in their junior days. But I do think that, that you, it could go one or two ways. It could go that way, or it could actually make them a lot hungrier because they got that bloody close, and they almost stole it at the end as well in the grand final last year. So I... I I don't think if it's managed well, it'll be to their detriment. I think they actually could use that to really you know make them hungrier this year. Mario, where did you have the panthers?
0: I had the Panthers also dropping a little, but only down to third place on 34 points. That being said, I anticipate them going out in the finals in straight sets.
2: Okay, and what do you attribute that to?
0: Uh, Look, I think, as you said, everyone slept on them a little bit last year. They were sort of underrating Luai and Cleary. Their forwards were just doing such a great job. Edwards performed much better than I think he actually is, Uh, and... People like um, oh, Tot was he—he's still good, but what are they? What are they doing in right centre in terms of May and Naden? I don't really rate either of them now. I just think they're gonna—they're gonna slip. It. Everyone performed out of their skin overall, and I think they're just gonna slip that little tiny that one, two, three percent on each position and end up just not being quite good enough, and then be found out when it counts.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about the the Tyrone May love affair. I, I don't know what Ivan Cleary's. Thought pattern is there, but he seems to absolutely be madly head over heels in love with Tyrone May. Uh, perhaps he wants to make a sex tape with him one day. I'm not sure, but it was really puzzling because you say, and fair enough, Mario, you don't rate Naden. Personally, I, I think Naden's a freak. I, I think he's 100% the first option at that right centre, and I have no idea why Tyrone May was being selected ahead of him and having Naden come off the bench. I've noticed uh, most of the analysts this year predicting Tyro May to play a 14 role and they've got Naden in the starting side although he won't be playing the first few weeks because Naden's got I think he was on the coke uh, late last year so they're standing him down for at least a couple of games but I'll tell you what who I'm really excited about is Charlie Staines because they've got rid of the source they got rid of the heart and soul of the outside backs in Mansour who everyone loved and I don't think that went down too well with the Panthers faithful but uh, Charlie Staines is an excitement machine. What's he batting at now? I think he's got seven tries in three games, hasn't he?
0: Charlie Staines and Crichton together, they are an exciting combo, and if they can make a good combination and really click, then they can certainly do a lot of damage. I think they'll, they'll rely on that a lot, but they've just got to get all those other pieces to all keep working together, and yeah, well, time will tell. They may well go on and win it all. Who knows?
2: I'll tell you another weakness in my view, Ivan Cleary's absolute inability to smile. I think it is a worry, and we'll see how that takes a toll on the team during the season. Sixth place, fellas. um, Reluctantly, because I'm not a fan of these guys, but I had to fit them in somewhere, and I think they will be playing finals football, is the Parramatta Eels. Where did you guys have the Parramatta Eels finishing?
0: I've got them in fifth place, finishing on 32 points, just behind the Raiders on four and against. I think, again... Moses, he he just got, he comes and goes too much. They've got a few injury issues. Gutho performed out of his skin last year, despite what Twitter would have you think. He actually was exceptional, but I'm not convinced he can be quite that good again. Um, I think that, uh, what's his name, Reed Marnie. I think he's actually garbage, and if they ever actually start calling all his forward passes, he's going to get found out in a hurry.
2: That's right. You've made that comment a few times that Reid uh has the capacity to throw the
1: old forward pass. Uh, Xander, where did you have the Eels finishing? Uh, I mean, I kind of concur with you guys. I had them a little bit lower, though. I had them at seventh. Um, I I do think that the problem with with uh, Para has been that they've, they've been flat track bullies for a couple of years. They, they play good expansive open footy in drier conditions, but they don't seem to really be able to get down and, and and grind out wins. Look, I agree with you.
2: It is one of these teams that don't excite me, and I can't even really describe exactly why that is. It's interesting because last year, there was so much pre-season hype. Uh, I might have been part of that chorus because I'm just a bandwagoner, let's face it. Um, but I noticed this year decidedly different, and it's not like there's a, a, a seismic change in the roster. Um, it's a pretty similar looking side than what we saw last year. And for most of last year, they were batting right up there until they fell away when they, they had to play the top teams. I think that was the big criticism. The Parramatta Eels, when, when a top team was playing well, they couldn't foot it with them. So they're, they're kind of the Andy Murray of the NRL world. And they don't want to be the Andy Murray because... You know, he should have done more in that Scottish Massacre. We know that. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, another person who I think is it's a huge year is Fergo, is the former Roosters legend, Xander. Uh, he, I just say that for no good reason. He played a few years. He won a comp. Um, that's Mario vomiting in the background. We apologise for that. That was genuine um, regurgitation, by the way. Not, he wasn't mimicking anything there. But I think he's off contract and he had a decidedly mm. flat
1: year last year. What was that attributed to, Xander, and do you think he can bounce back? Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it? I mean, you know, I I, I couldn't work it out. I mean, he did have an he was coming off an injury the back end of the year before, and so mm. maybe maybe it was that. Um, but yeah, it took him ages to to score a try. Like he never would, even looked like scoring yeah.
2: for about three and a half months.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't maybe know. he had COVID. Could explain <laughs> the hair loss. Yeah, I think that predates that. I think that uh, was the chemo. Yeah, true.
2: Uh, <laughs> That's right. We <laughs> we called him chemo for a year. That was out of touch. We <laughs> should never have done that. Mario mentioned this before. I lo- I'm a huge fan of Gutho. I think he's probably their, their number one spark. Moses, oh, I'm definitely 50-50 on yeah, him. Moses th- Moses is not a big game player. And he needs to learn how to be dominant in games where his mm. forward packs aren't dominant because he seems to absolutely yeah. go missing. And I know that that's a criticism that's made of a lot of halves, but particularly Mitchell
1: Moses. He, he panics, is my like my observation, is when, when they've been playing in a game where they haven't had that that sort of go forward or it's been really tight. Mm. So he tries to do too much. Yeah. His game management just not up there with the other top halves in the game.
2: Yep. Fair enough too. Uh, and don't worry, they have had some major purchases in Bryce Cartwright. So we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> What's his name? Keegan Hipgrave. Don't forget that legend as well.
2: That's right. The guy gets sent off every eight or nine minutes. I mean, that's an impressive strike rate to do something that illegal that regularly. Seventh place, gents, I've actually got the Gold Coast Titans playing finals football in 2021. I know they're heavily touted pre-season, way too much. I think they're probably overrated uh, when it comes to the betting agencies and most of the analysts. But I do love what Justin Holbrook's done up there. I thought they were a really transformed side and they actually had some self-belief Mario for the first time ever. Where did you see them finishing, and uh, do you agree with me?
0: I agree with you. I have them in seventh, equal with the Roosters on 31 points, just behind on for and against. They've made the right moves with their pack. I think David Fafida is a really good inclusion. They've got rid of some of the um, old, ha- older handbrakes and not relying on guys like Pete's anymore, and getting rid of Cartwright and um, Hipgrave is a huge improvement to the team. I and as you say, they've had a, an extra season together now. Holbrook seems to be doing a good job, and I don't think they're going to win the grand final. They, But I think, you know, a prelim's not out of their range. It's it's probably overachieving, but they could do it.
2: Xander, Mario mentioned there David Feta. That's the, I guess, the the highlight yeah. acquisition in the offseason. But they also got Big Tino from the Storm. They really have beefed up up front.
1: This is kind of why I think... Um... You know there is a lot of hype, obviously, because of the the big signings up front, and that's also why I actually don't have them as high as you guys. I have them at tenth. When you spend that much money on forwards, I kind of wonder. You know, Fafita had a, a, a few stints on the sideline with injury last year, so I I have a bit of a worry that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a little bit not as bad as North Queensland, but like them where they where they put a million bucks on Malolo and uh, you know, great forward. But um, if, if all your money's going on, on on a you know on a forward, um, I, I have I have some concerns about how dynamic your team's gonna be. Why do you have to be such
2: a dream crusher, Zander? Unbelievable, mate. This is the Rugby League narrative for twenty twenty one. You realise that. The whole comp is riding on top of the Titans at the moment because um, you know, they have been shite for a decade. So it'd be nice to see them bounce back. Remember that time they thought that all of their dreams could be hedged on the back of Jared Haynes' wagon. does not that a mistake? They should never have done that. They got all bloody. <laughs> they really did. Look, you talk about creativity, though. We should mention that. I mean, Ash Taylor. I thought it was the resurgence of Ash yeah. Taylor last year. We saw the glimpses of what he actually could do. He, he didn't earn all of his million dollars a year, but I think he was earning at least half of it.
1: He was definitely better, and, um, you know... But I, I still don't see him as a top half in the competition as it is. And he's yeah. not consistent enough. So, I don't know. I think they'll be better. I just don't think they're going to be a top eight side.
2: Fair enough. And look, they'll definitely miss a bit of speed without Michael Gordon there. Uh, and a bit of smack and a bit of horse tranquilizer as well. Um, eighth place. Uh, this one was another tough one for me, guys, to put them in there because I don't really rate them. This is where the golf exists. I really do think it is a five-team uh, race this year. And there's a bit of a drop-off after that. But I've got the Knights finishing there purely because... Kale and Ponga will return at some point And uh, also Tyson Frizzell's there. That's enough to get them a final spot, in my view. But where did you guys have them?
1: So I had, I had Newcastle at, at ninth. They, That'd they... be nice if they finished ninth because <laughs> I'd
2: love to get that picture of Mitch Pierce when they, they just miss in that last round
1: match. I, I have a lot of uh, time for Adam O'Brien. I think he's a great coach. Um, but he seemed to be struggling to deal with just how hot and cold they were. Like, I think the team, you know, the makeup of that team, they lack a bit of grit. And I don't they, they
2: did go win loss win loss yeah. a lot didn't they last but, year
1: yeah and 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 it, it, I remember seeing him uh just completely at a loose end as to how mm. to fix it and I, I don't think the cha- there's been enough changes to their roster and enough new leadership to really impact that so i, I just don't see them as, as being I think they'll be good because I think he's a good coach and, and they've they've still got some quality players in the halves and you know some decent forwards. um but I just yeah I just have a lot of question marks about how how consistent they can be
2: Mario, according to the chick that was recently sexting Mitch Pierce, they will scrape into eighth spot. But where did you have them?
0: I'm um, With Xander on this one, I've got them down on 28 points in ninth place. I think Tyson Frizzell, unfortunately, doesn't strengthen their team. I think he hasn't been good since about 2018. And people, well, I think people on social media seem to mostly get that. But the, the media just don't. They still go on about him like he's the greatest forward in the game. And... He just hasn't been it. And even when he was free of Mary McGregor and playing for the Blues, he wasn't really doing much there either. I just, I don't think he's really got it in him anymore. Hopefully, I like the guy. So hopefully, you know, a different coach, a new, you know, an off season and everything will pick him up. But I just don't see a whole lot of improvement in the Knights on last year. And I think they overachieved, hence dropping a couple of places.
2: Look, I've got to agree with you with Tyson Frazelle. He definitely hasn't been the player that he was, I'd say, for a season and a half. And I know that he, he seemed unhappy there. So I attribute a lot of that to that, uh, but also I think he has been carrying injury. So I don't know if he can shake those two factors, we could still uh, well see the best of Tyson Frizzell. They're going to need it because, you know, there's a, a bit of a soft underbelly there up there at the night. So I'm not sure if David Clemmer is really the kind of guy that's going to be uh, marshalling your pack anymore. I think he's on well on the other side of the mountain. I like the Syphides, I think they're solid without being sensational. If I'm looking to bright spots, I'll be looking at Bradman Best and Tex Hoy, who are you know great young guns. I think Tex Hoy... Tex Hoy will, was brilliant last year. Yeah, he's, we he's showed glimpses. Yeah. Like He wasn't playing 80 minutes, but I mm. thought he was good in glimpses. Mm. And, and what do we guys think of uh, Bradman Best?
0: I think he's uh, he should have stayed at Manly, and unfortunately he's not, so he can go get fucked.
2: And on that note, we're going to go to who I have in ninth place, uh, which is the Canterbury Bulldogs. I'm seeing them make a, a major surge this year. I, I was very tempted to actually throw them in the eighth spot Uh, but I just look at I don't know if they're quite the complete team this year I think in 2022 when they get the likes of the Fox there for example and probably Matt and Matt Burton as well then I think they'll be a genuine finals contender but I think we should see a rise Uh, where did you guys see them
0: I think people are very quick quickly forgotten just how shit a coach Trent Barrett is and I've got them down in 13th on just 16 points Wow. Uh,
2: now, there is a big question mark, Xander, on Trent Barrett. He had a, uh, a particularly sad end to his chapter at the Manly Seagulls. Obviously, Mario has some skin in the game. I think he's still very hurt by it. Uh, but what I really enjoyed about the end of his tenure at Manly, I don't know if you remember this, um, he refused to leave after he was fired and they, hi- they hired Des Hasler to sort of be the coach as well. And it was sort of an awkward sort of Mexican standoff at Brookvale as both coaches tried to hang on to their jobs. But I will say this in their defence: the Bulldogs—they've—they've they've bought Cottrick, they've bought Flanagan, Jack Hetherington, Corey Allen. That's that's a hell of a list coming in, and they've actually
1: shed a hell of a lot of dead weight. I actually did go one better. I had them at eighth. I don't actually think that Trent Barrett is uh, is as bad a coach as Mario Mario thinks. I think uh, he turned up at Manly, you know, to uh, I think what can only be described as a snake pit uh, by all accounts. Vince Lombardi would have struggled in that environment. Mm. Um, Brett Stewart calls a snake pit a date. <laughs> but, but no, he Allegedly. was, he, he, was not, he was not cut out for, for entering that level, you know, of, of sort of backstabbing, you know, almost ancient Rome-level poisonous politics <laughs> that goes on uh, in the North Shore. Um, Mario, is that fair assessment? Do you think the Penn family can be equated
0: to Caligula? Oh, I don't think he's incorrect on that one. I'm not a huge fan of, of the Penn family, but then again, that you know, that I think he has the best intentions. I'm not sure of everything he does. Um, I, I would I would take exception to calling us as coming from the North Shore. We're from the Northern beaches. Thank you. Um, look, I just think the Bulldogs are a year away. I think perhaps a year if Barrett, you know, can if his sexy good looks can inspire the team and. And get something out of them, Then twenty twenty two might be the year with Fox and Burdo coming. But the fact is, no player likes having their coach being younger and better looking than them, and he is going to turn off the team, and they're going to get upset and tell him to get fucked.
1: It's an interesting theory. Uh, I I I reckon that um as as a, as Aymon has said, I think that they're they have shed a lot of a lot of dead weight this year. Um, I do think that the players he has brought in are going to make a real impact, and and I think that his work ethic, you know, you know in an environment that is. You know, I know the Bulldogs have got their own political problems and they're also quite significant. But by all accounts, he has been given free reign and he's, he's matured as a coach. And I think deciding to take a step back and go into the assistant coaching role at Penrith in a year that they made the grand final, he will take a lot of a lot out of that and a lot out of the experience at Manly. And I think he'll be a much better coach for it. And the, the players he's, he's uh, picked up it's enough to get them in the ad, I think. We'll wait and see. But
0: A step back's a very generous description of couldn't get a job anywhere else.
1: You might be right there, mate. But he did land on his
2: feet at Penrith. He was a grand finalist and uh, not a bad talent roster over there as well, which he's already stolen about 15% he did, of, he did, yeah. which is a good effort. That was the other reason I kind of think they'll do all right, is because he took you know a fair chunk of Penrith with him. I mean, Matt Burton, to me, is one of the most exciting prospects in the game, and he's coming to the Dogs in 2022. What a coup. Um, yeah, Carrot Holland. I mean, put a red pen through him. That's enough to, to say you're going to have a good year because that's excellent judgment from Trent. And I think Mario is quite right. He's a sexy, sexy man and he seems to be the Benjamin Button of the NRL. He seems to be getting younger and younger as time goes on. Eventually, he will just be a good looking fetus leading
1: teams to victory. I think it's it's interesting actually on the Benjamin Button question because I mean we had our own what we thought m- might have been a Benjamin Button in um, in uh, in good old Fitzy at the Roosters uh, mm-hmm. who's recently just been given life membership. I mean, he, but he 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 came out of the womb I believe looking like an 80 year old, but he's actually not gotten any younger. He just stayed that way.
2: He's now static. I yeah. think it's not even a Benjamin Button case with Fitzgibbon. I think he, as you said, he was born into the body of a 55 year old male, and he's just stayed like that. Uh, although he's got balder over the time. <laughs> That has to be said. He's now completely hairless. Um, So I've been told. I don't know if he's completely hairless. I I don't know if those pictures have emerged on Twitter yet. But um, enough about Fitzgibbon's pubes. Let's go to 10th spot, uh, in which place I've got the Warriors finishing, guys. I was saying to Xander on the way over uh, to the studio today, the Warriors really frustrate me because they tend to be the team that completely derail my multis because I just don't know what to expect from them. I guess the, there's a big development in the off-season. They've got a completely different coaching regime. They've got uh, Gus and Brownie out there. Um, this could be the best double-up since the comedian Carrot Top teamed with Yahoo Serious. I don't know, Mario. Uh, it could also be a disaster. How do you see it going over there at the Warriors, and where did you have them?
0: I couldn't disagree with you much more than I do. I've got um, Nathan Brown doing what he does best and collecting spoons. The Warriors are going to finish in last with eight points. You have to remember, wow, you've got them coming last. They're going to have to spend again a good chunk of the season out of New Zealand. That's already been basically confirmed. They're not the whole goodwill of it and everything that went their way last season. That's all worn off. Everyone's over COVID. They're over that shit. People, they're, they're sick of it. And they're sick of the Warriors. They don't like Phil Gould. What, then Nathan Brown is a terrible, terrible coach who's going to spend five years rebuilding the team to achieve nothing whatsoever because that's what he's done before. Last, 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 and they'll be lucky to get get eight points.
2: So Mario's on the fence, Xander. Um, I need to get my opinion from you. Where do you think the Warriors will finish in? And also, how do you feel about their recruitment in, in players like Fanua Blake? Maybe that's why Mario's a bit dirty on them. He's stolen Manly's best forward. Will he make a difference uh, to a team which has a tendency to struggle consistently up front? They've always got big guys that can dominate for 20 minutes, but you need 80-minute dominance
1: in the game of rugby league. Yeah, so, so I, I actually, I'm, I'm a little bit closer to you. I think they're going to be their unpredictable best and, and finish about 11th. Um, so that's where I had them. I, I actually do think that they've they've done all right in the offseason. Bailey Sirnan from the Rabbitohs as well, I think is going to help. Uh, Kane Evans from the Eels, I don't know so much. He, he was all right last year for the Eels. Uh, he was, yeah, average. But, um, you know, you and Aitken from the Dragons, you know. But, yeah, for Noah Blake, I think is definitely a, a plus for them. Um, and, and the coaching regime is a question mark. I, I thought it was a mistake for them to to hire Brown. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I just don't know with the Warriors. I don't think they're going to be the worst um, just because they are so bloody unpredictable. I think they're just going to, they're going to jag a few sneaky games and, and be around the middle of the bottom eight.
2: Well, I mean, last year, they were a bit of a turn up for the books, weren't they? Because they had everything against them. Half the team decided to go home. They got homesick. They didn't have a great roster to begin with. Before COVID, they played two shockers before the comp was suspended. And yet they came back and sort of rallied. I know they had to absorb players from other teams to even field a squad. But under Todd Payton, I thought they were actually doing a, a pretty good job and they showed some heart and some grit, but they haven't got Todd Payton now. He's gone and taken up another gig with the Cowboys and they've got this unusual meshing of, of Nathan Brown, who, as Mario said, is a, a stellar acquisition when it comes to wooden spoons. And you've got Gus Gould, who hasn't been really in the coaching ranks since he got the, uh, the punt from Penrith. So... I don't know. For me, again, there's a so much variability here. I I mm. can't say with any certainty where they're going to finish. I just can't see them in the finals. I think that's, to me, pretty certain. And I've got a question to pose to the table: the, the impending departure of Roger Tuivasa-Sheck will that play a part in the psychology of the team this year, knowing that their
1: captain isn't in next year? He's defecting to another code. I think that could go one or two ways. Where he's gonna he might not be a hundred percent because he'll be trying to make sure he's he stays fit to play. Rugby Union, which yeah, is a right. concern. You think he won't put his body in. Yeah, I, I worry about that with players who... Because, he's, you know, he's taking a big gamble going to Union, right? He'll want to want to be his best there, so... you True, know, right? They're, they're almost a, a not-for-profit these days. Yeah, well, basically. Um, well, I mean, in in, Un- in New Zealand, they're doing all right, so it's a bit different there. But I, I, I really wonder about that. You can see a rallying effect potentially coming into a play where, you know, the team around him, he's, he's a really well-liked captain wanting to do well for him, but mm. uh, I don't know. Uh,
2: to, i got to say, RTS for me, always been a bit overrated. You know my opinions on this. I think he looks flashy, but he's not as effective as mm. people make out he is. They just love him in fantasy league because he gets a lot of the meter eaters on the kick returns.
0: I think he, he's, he plays his heart out. I don't have any doubt that he will play his heart out again. I don't see him as the sort of person to hold back just because of next year. So I, I'm not going to go with you there. But that being said, I don't think he's what he... Has ever been made out to be or certainly not anymore. I don't think he offers enough. He's probably inspires the team pretty well, but that might be slightly diminished knowing the fact that he's leaving. So, yeah, I'm indifferent on him. I, you know, you, you know where I've got them finishing, so I don't see him making an appreciable difference either way.
2: I feel like Roger Tuivasa-Shek should just be that guy who makes the NRL promo vids because he looks a billion bucks, but should never play. Anyway, I'm going to go to 11th spot. I've got the Cowboys finishing in 11th spot. Um, I did um and r ah about this because, again, I feel like this is a team that's definitely not going to play finals. But the only reason I've got them up in 11th spot and not lower is on the back of Todd Payton. I think he will be good for the club. I thought they were really stale under Paul Green and, and they've done the right move by parting company. I know he, he got them a premiership, but it's been two or three years now of the same block play. And I, as a rugby league fan, they're the games. Whenever Cowboys are playing, they're the games I can't be bothered watching because they are really, really boring. Post Jonathan Thurston,
1: but this squad to me still too many big mm. talent gaps. I've gone with eleventh. Where did you guys have them? I had them at thirteenth. Uh, I you know th- there's been virtually no changes to their roster. I think they've got what Lachlan Burr from the Warriors and Kane Bradley. Bradley from yeah, they're not the kind of guys you put on you the know, billboards, are like, they? I mean, they're not that. And, and I, I have genuine question. Uh, questions about Todd Payton. I thought what was you know what happened last year with the Warriors was impressive but I that was such a unique circumstance I wonder if that is going to translate into a new club um mm-hmm. you know like he 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 had a really he stepped up to the plate in the middle of a crisis but I wonder what it'll be like in a more conventional setting with him uh, so I just yeah I, I had them at 13th so I just don't see them as being that that competitive.
2: Mario, people in in rugby league circles will tell you that uh, if you're going to go coach the Cowboys, you need to really enmesh yourself in that community uh, to be successful. Todd Payton, he's new to Townsville. How do you think you'll go and where did you have the Cowboys finishing?
0: I've got the Cowboys in 10th place. I, I kind of had them in the top eight briefly, just because I think Todd Payton is a significantly better coach than what they had. But In the end, I think they haven't lost much either. Like Gavin Cooper was on his way out. I think him being gone is probably actually an improvement for them. Um, John Asiata, he's not. He never quite was. He was never quite what we all thought he could be. So although I think he's a loss, he's not a huge loss. But as you said, they've gained nothing. Looking, looking through the signings, there's there's just not a name there that that means anything to me. It doesn't mean one or two of them might not be great, but. Yeah, I've just got them in tenth, finishing on 24 points. So they're, you know, competitive for a fair bit of the season, but never, you know, never quite getting there.
2: Yeah, you can't really imagine the Lachlan Burr bumper stickers uh, being very popular up there at Townsville, can you? He's not the kind of guy I think that will get bums on seats. I think for me, it's the halves where it's most troubling. I think Michael Morgan hasn't played great footy for two seasons now. He's sort of in that Tyson Brazil mould in terms of form. And the guys coming through might be semi-talented but not very consistent, the likes of Clifford and Drinkwater. They can have the odd good game, but they need a really controlling half. They haven't got that. Valentine Holmes, you know, up and down. So for me, I can't see them doing too well. Uh, I'm going to go to 12th now, which is your club, Mario. I've got Manly finishing in 12th. Four on his back. That's the big uh, ticket item for the Manly Seagulls. This is a halves combination, which has won a premiership. Can Kieran Foran get them back on the right track, Mario?
0: Well, he can't get us into the eight unless Tommy Turbo stays the hell all the way from the Corso and, you know, sticks to the training paddock. That being said, Cade Cust got injured today after 25 minutes. We cannot go even a trial match without an injury. I have zero confidence in our strength and conditioning staff. I have limited confidence in Des Hasler's selections. I, I I feel this horrible feeling like, you know, we're going to end up seeing bloody Ruben Garrick at fullback and, and George Tafua back at, at on the wing at some point. So I've got us finishing 11th on 20 points, and I honestly have this horrible feeling like that's just me being a bit biased having them up that high.
2: Mario, you're right about the strength and conditioning. It seems as though Manly have had a pretty rotten run for two seasons in a row now when it comes to injury. Who is your strength and conditioning coach? Is it Larry Nasser?
0: Oh, I, I think it's Des Hasler's puppy dog or something because it's... Uh, it's, it's some idiot that he pulled from the Bulldogs, unless I'm mistaken.
2: Yeah, well, as you said, there's a bit of a wafer-thin endurance when it comes to injury prevention. Xander, where did you have Manley finishing?
1: Yeah, so I had a, a really optimistic season for, for Manley. Uh, kind of on the romance of, of um, a foreign being brought back with, with DC I thought they're one of those sides that... Um, if they can stay injury free, and I guess this is the, the trials. The trials that I did write this before the trials. You, you know, they, they they do have a side that'll that'll push a lot of teams. You know, if mm. if the Drobnyeviches stay fit and you've got um, Foren and uh, DCE together again, uh, I actually think they'll be really competitive. And you know, they could they could crack the eight. I had them actually at sixth. Okay, so you've got yeah. them making finals this year. I did I, on the proviso that they they managed to, you know. Not lose too much talent through the season.
2: Well, you are up against it, Xander, yeah. because as we know, some of these players can't even have a shower and not get hurt. So,
1: <laughs> so it's it's a not hopeful six, but I just the, their full strength team. I like it on paper, and I think that there's something there there with uh, with foreign coming back.
0: The thing that I have with them is that I mean, obviously, I'm biased and I'm looking a little closer. I love some of our young players. I'm a huge Cade Cust fan. I think Morgan Harper played really well today, and I have high hopes for him at fullback slash centre when he comes back. I was very worried about Suárez today. He was quite terrible, but it is only a trial, and he's, you know, he's always got a few kilos on him, and hopefully he's got a, you know, enough time to sort himself out. As Josh Schuster is a huge talent, and I think he's going to be an absolutely excellent player. I don't know if we're going to see much Ben Turbo this year. I think he's got promise, but there's a lot of hype there, and he's going to he's going to struggle to live up to it just because of his surname. It's going to be really hard to come in and live up to the ridiculous expectations that are going to be placed on him.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a bit different from the other boys, isn't it? Because they sort of came in relatively close together. But, uh, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of expectation on the man who looks to be the perfect cross between Jake and Tom. Um, Probably a little bit more like Tom, if I'm going to be honest. But I I need to actually ask you about something, Mario, which I found quite troubling when it comes to the 2021 season for Manly, and that is... Where is Brendan Elliott? I think you've given him the flick. Why is that? Where's he gone? And who will make the ball boys feel good about their defence now?
0: Brendan the Brave has gone to England, and I'm very sad about it because I love Brendan. I think he got the the raw end of the stick so many times. I just think he's been thrown in the shit end of a team that was underperforming, and he gave it his absolute everything every every game. Man of Steel in England this year. Put your house on it.
2: No, he'll make a very good insurance broker in Leicestershire, I'm sure. 13th place, guys. We're getting down the list now. Uh, I've gone for the Wests Tigers. Look, uh, I understand uh, Michael Maguire has made the team do a lot more ball work pre season because normally he just absolutely flogs the shit out of them and doesn't do anything else really pre season. He, he sort of sends them off to Yemen or Iraq or Afghanistan, says, I hope you survive. Whoever comes back with a half-blown-off leg, you can play first grade this year because you're obviously tough. But he's gone for a little bit of a different tack this year because, you know, all the players hate him. All that aside, I don't think it's going to do enough. I can't see why this Tigers team would be any better than previous teams. So I've got them at 13th. Where have you got them, Xander? Uh,
1: yeah, so similar to you, I just I don't see there being uh, too much of a change for them this year. I, I, I really don't rate uh, Madge as a coach. I just don't. Um, I have them at 12th, so, you know, see them doing a little bit better. I was tempted to put them at 9th just because I thought it would be funny to have them there at 9th again. But, um, you know, the, the players that they've got, you know, they've, they've picked up James Roberts, who, you know... Well, you know, it's an um, interesting
2: story, isn't it? Because he hasn't brought his A game for a few years, but we know, you know, he can be amazing, but it's where he is at mentally. I mm. hope for his sake he has a blinder, but I don't know if I see it.
1: Yeah, no, neither do I. I mean, I think... the. The best player they picked up is probably Tarnow But yeah, the rest of it, it's it's a it's a little bit uh, hard for them to see them doing too much better. Looks a bit bleak, Mario. Where did you have him?
0: I am with Xander. I've got them finishing in twelfth on eighteen points. I, I think the right coach could potentially get good the good game out of James Roberts. Do I think Madge McGuire is that coach? Hell no. He is he's a he's a hard ass. James Roberts is I'm not gonna to say too many bad things, but you know, he he's got his own issues and I I just don't think that's the place for him to thrive.
1: James Roberts needs a coach like Trent Robinson who's who who is willing to put in patience and be really understanding, which you know Robbo's sort of got a reputation for doing. I think Madge's reputation precedes him on this front. <laughs> I think I think he'll drive Roberts to to the problems he's got as, as opposed to away from them.
0: Yeah, I think exactly the same. I think Des Hasler would be another coach that would probably do well with James Roberts, but I don't particularly want him at my club, so whatever. Um, I think Tigers are going to have a very similar issue to Manly that they we don't have a hooker. The only hooker they've really got is that Liddell, Little. Um, and he is as big a biscuit as Tommy Turbo. They're going to have to rely on this guy who's probably going to play about six games. And, you know, he's basically the new Kyle Stanley. The thing is, it's a huge step down from Harry Grant. They had Harry Grant there and they were still not great. It's a very, very large step down from that. And they're going to be found out. And 12th, like, probably much like with my Manly tip, uh, I feel like maybe I'm being generous to them, but there's some garbage down the bottom. So it's hard to put those teams above. I initially. Put I, when I first did my drew up one to sixteen, the first number I put in was Tigers in ninth because I wanted to put them there. I just couldn't.
2: Uh, look, I I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head uh, about Harry Grant, Murray. I think you're right. I think he was outstanding last year, as we all know, and they don't have him this year. So mm. you know, for someone who played that well in a team that was looking a bit ordinary, you, you do worry about a team like the Tigers uh, being able to bring, I guess, anything better than what they brought in 2020. People are making a, a lot of news out of it, but Luke Brooks, I think he's off contract at the end of the year. He hasn't really brought the value that the club needed from him for a couple of seasons in a row. He had a one good season, I think it was about three years ago, and he hasn't done much since. People have argued that he's been in the shadow of other players like Benji Marshall, which won't be the case this year. But I've got to say, not to rain on their parade or, or be a dream crusher like Xander, but I can't see it happening. Can you guys? No. No. <laughs> Okay, on a a closing note with the Tigers, you know, Madge Maguire is always obsessed with defence, but he loves Joey Lelua. It never makes a lot of sense to me. I never understand that one. Uh, Dane Laurie, by the way, another good game. He'll probably be playing fullback. I'm going to go to 14th place now. Look, it's the Cronulla Sharks. Again, I think for that very reason that I don't think there's anything better this year than was there last year. If anything, they've gone backwards. Uh, People are Mm. placing a bit of pressure on John Morris, who I actually think is a decent coach. He just hasn't got a huge amount to work with there's a lot of no names in the outside backs and with no Bronson Cherry, you know he's not he's meant to be the star in the outside backs he's still not there the only good news that I can have for them and I searched far and wide for this is Andrew Fafita looks a hell of a lot leaner Um, I saw him in the Indigenous All-Stars game and he looks like he's lost about 15 kgs so if he can bring something back uh, from the 2016 season some of that magic then maybe they can do something but for me it's 14th and a very long season for the Sharks
1: yeah I had them at 14th as well um, the only positive I could see is that Tolman had a pretty good back end for the Bulldogs but he's he's getting on a bit look if you're pinning your hopes to <laughs> Aidan Tolman <laughs> yeah, no but you're in trouble but uh, yeah I just I just can't see it I think that there's it's 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 funny because they they came into last year basically in a state of chaos with their roster and it doesn't seem to have been fixed in a year.
2: There's a hell of a lot of problems going on roster-wise. Mario, i um, interested to get your thoughts. Have the Sharks lost their bite?
0: I'm shocked, honestly. I've got them in eighth, finishing with 30 points. Um, I think they've got a bunch of guys playing in a, playing for their contracts. Dugan, Johnson, even Aaron Woods. These guys are all... Or Toby Rudolph is another one, actually. These guys are all on... Um, They're like, you know last season, I think they're all ready to step up. Uh, you know, Sean Johnson is also playing for a contract somewhere. He's not that old. I think that they, they, they may be overachieved a little bit last year, but the teams below them weren't that great. And I think the teams below them again this year just aren't that great. Um, I'm looking for a big season from Luke Metcalf. I'm a big fan of him, and I think he can hopefully get a, a couple of shots in there for them and really step up and show... What he can do, I'd like to see him succeed in the halves, or you know, even at fullback potentially, but more likely in the halves somewhere. Um, so yeah, I've got them in an eighth, and I think they they're not going to do much in the finals again, but I think they'll be one of those annoying teams that won't go
2: away okay so Mario you basically got a a repeat of 2020 I think they finished eighth last year you mentioned Sean Johnson what a stellar year he did have I've been one of his biggest critics but he had a great year last year I think the problem with the Sharks this year is he won't be there to start the season because he got a really bad injury at the back end and uh, cruciate ligament so I don't think he's going to be back for at least the first month minimum which means they have to rely on the prowess of Chad Townsend. That, that kind of sucks. Uh, when it comes to the Metcalfs, I'm more of a fan of Laurie Metcalf, who played Jackie and Roseanne in the 90s sitcom. But when it comes to the Cronulla Sharks, sure, Metcalf's not a bad player. When you said playing for the contract, so Mario, the likes of Dugan and Woods, I'm, I think Dugan is always playing for his contract, isn't he? Uh, I feel like there's never been a time where he's been secure in having his name on the dotted line.
0: Yeah, but he's he, he's been on some pretty good money at the Sharks and there's a lot of incentive, even if it's to earn a contract in England. He's got to, you know, maybe stay off the green whistle a little bit this year and stay on his feet. And he, I, I, I still think there's a player there. He's just got to remember that it's there and maybe playing for a contract is that incentive he needs.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I think he is at this stage more tattoo than man. I think that could be his problem. 15th place, this was probably my biggest... Polarising decision, I guess, that I had to make throughout the all of this process. It was who's going to get the spoon. And I did toss up with this. And in the end, I've gone 15th place, the Brisbane Broncos. Kevin Walters, obviously, the big news there, has taken over as coach. The Anthony Seabold experiment is no more. And he's now working for Westpac, I think, in customer service or something. But look, the, the roster has diminished. I mean, they were terrible last year. The worst Broncos team that's ever been uh, that's ever run onto a park, and they've actually got worse roster this year. Uh, Tony Staggs will be injured; he won't be there for the first bit. David fafita has gone; he's already had a falling out, Kevy, with a few of the players like Matt Lodge. Apparently, they've had a bit of a falling out, which isn't a good sign preseason. And this was probably the worst sign I thought for the Broncos was there are reports that Kevy's brought in. Drum roll, please. The coach whisperer. <laughs> yes. uh, guys, wherever you see the, the Brisbane Broncos finishing this year, I assume the fact that no
1: one's mentioned them yet means you're not thinking they're going to have a big season. Yeah, I, I had them at 15th as well. Um, it was a, wasn't was actually much of a toss-up just because uh, I do think that uh, Walters and the old guard, I think you'll bring a tiny bit of something. It just there's, there's just not been enough, though. Losing for feeder. um, you know, uh, the fact that they most the only guy who seemed to be able to score tries for them the only tries that they had they weren't created they were just they were they they just occurred because Stags walked over somebody <laughs> so without Stags in the first month it's hard to see them doing too much um yeah fifteenth
2: yeah. Kevy he hasn't really got an established track record of success has he I, mean, I know he's coached at Origin uh to some success but do you think he's the man that's going to solve a lot of their dramas up there
0: Oh God no look I I think Kevy's probably He's probably a worse coach than Seabold, but he might be better for Brisbane just because of that whole Brisbane DNA and all that sort of stuff. As you said, they've lost more than they've gained. Uh, Like, you look at their gains and the only names you know are Dale Copley, lol, David Mead, lol, and John Asiata. You know, and he's no replacement for David Fafita. So I've got Brisbane in 14th on 12 points, purely on the basis that they were just so beyond bad last year, they'd given up completely. I think they'll go in this year not having given up. They'll have a bit of hope restored they'll be desperate for some pride and i think they'll jag a few wins against some of the really terrible teams like the dragons and the warriors
1: so uh, the, the only reason i disagree with you is i think that the they they were motivated at the back end of last year remember they wanted to send out darius boyd on a win so he could have that gender reveal at the end they don't have that motivation anymore mate i don't know what they're going to
2: do that's a misapprehension xander because it wasn't a gender reveal it was just a hard tackle and it turns out he is full of pink stuffing. I don't know if you know that. He's <laughs> someone that actually has been cut loose. A lot of bit of dead wood has gone from the Broncos squad finally. Jack Bird gone because he has like zero hamstrings. And, and Boyd was about three years past it. So there's some bright spots for the club at least. And in terms of players that I like, I mean, for me, maybe Turpin. I, I didn't mind Turpin last year, but there's very few bright spots, Mario.
0: No, there's just, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of light at the end of that tunnel. So they're going to, I just think they'll be less obviously bad than last year, but not actually better. Just that you've got to get a few wins. I mean, what that finishing on six points or whatever it was they were last year, that was eight points maybe. That's just atrocious. And they're surely going to get a couple more than that.
2: That's right. I think two of those were buys. So don't get too excited, (laughs) Brisbane Broncos fans. And look, we've come to the last one, 16th place. Who will get the wooden spoon? Some of it's already been revealed because Mario didn't choose this. But for me, it is the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, Sorry about this, Giannis, and uh, sorry about this fellow Dragons supporters. But I think the diabolical duo of Matthew Elliott and Hook is just not going to lead you to any success. Trial form looks uh, horrendous. And even pre-season issues look horrendous, as we know. The recruiting is odd. Uh, The the likes of Andrew McCulloch, I don't think, is someone you want to be raking into your team at this point. Uh, You get rid of your heart and soul player in Cameron McInnes. You put all of your Dragons faithful offside. I can only see bad things coming for the Dragons this year, I'm afraid.
1: Where do you guys see them? Uh, So I'll... I agree with you. I had them at last uh, for all the reasons. We spent h- half of the episode last week talking about just how bad everything has gone for them in the off season. I just don't think Hook is probably one of the worst coaches in the game. Um, and yeah, you know, they they picked up Jack Bird from the Broncos. They did pick up uh, a fam- How do you say his name? Uh, <laughs> trying to say it a lot. The guy uh, from the Roosters. Yeah. So yeah, fam- Yeah, they they picked up silly uh, from the Roosters, uh, who was. Who had a pretty good um, cameo for us late mm. in the season. No, he's a decent player, um, but yeah, Jack Boyd, Bird, no, no uh, he had a pretty he had an awful year for the Broncos. Can Jack
2: Bird actually stay on the field? That's the question, yeah. right? Because he's played zero footy for like three years, virtually. Yeah, well, he got injured what in the first month last year. Yeah, he's had you no know? no luck of injury. I mean, Jack Bird, when he's on the field, is a pretty decent player. The fact is, I guess the question mm. is, has he has he retained any of that? And can he bring it for the Red V? I think it's doubtful.
1: Yeah, and they've lost they've lost Aitken, Frizzell, Even though you know, as you, as you've said, Mario is overrated. He <laughs> has been for a little while. And even emerging players, you know, getting rid of Tristan Sailor, um, you know, some off field issues. Yeah, there they're, they're w- there were, there were some off-field allegedly. Issues there. Yep. Um. And uh, yeah, and no, they've 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 lost a lot and they've gained bugger all.
2: Um, Mario, I need specifically from you: what are the virtues? That Anthony Griffin's going to bring to this team.
0: I don't think virtue and dragons in 2021 have any place in the same sentence. I mean, you've got uh, you've got you know Hitler the second in charge of the team, and they're still got hitching their wagon on bloody uh, alleged rapists. So you know, get fuck dragons to the people, the few dragons friends that I have who are actually decent people, such as Giannis. I'm sorry for you. To the rest of you, fuck off, you bunch of racist scum. You deserve this. The spoon is yours. Enjoy it. Shove it up your asses.
1: Uh, you did have the Warriors at at, at uh, 16th, though, so <laughs> you don't think they're going to get the spoon. Just be clear about that.
0: Oh, shit. Hang on a second. God damn it, did I just say that? Yeah, I'm sorry, Dragons are 15th on 12 points. Oops, my bad, equal with Broncos. I just, I got excited with how much I hate the Dragons and I just wanted to put them in last. But yeah, they're just slightly less bad than the Warriors.
2: And on that absolutely nihilistic fuck up, thank you very much for joining us on the voluntary tackle. That was a marathon, we've jammed it in. Xander, Mario, thank you very much for joining us and thank you listeners at home for joining us as well. And a very quick note, I did get... Uh, a quick interview on the weekend uh, with David Hunter with the Hypothetic Rugby League podcast. Look out for that. I believe it's on March 8th. We'll see you all very soon. And uh, we're sorry about the whole Nazi comment at the end there. I think Mario's on the source.